Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Whatever, Dave. Lo que sea, Dave. Whatever. Whatever, Dave. It's the Whatever, Dave Radio Network. Wherever fine podcasts are ignored. Fellas. Yeah. Whatever, Dave. Yeah. Back. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, we're back in the uh, the prod studio here after uh, our fill-in stint on All Talk with Tom Jordan and Kevin Dietz, which uh, was a lot of fun. It's tough, though. You know, the, those... Uh, those three hours are, are a lot different than these 37 minutes. Oh, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's almost like um, having to uh, prepare for, like, eight book reports in one day. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. We had a, a great time. You know, I get such a charge of, of, like, actually doing a topic and, like, people calling in. Like they care enough to pick up the phone mm-hmm. and talk to these three doofuses who mm-hmm. who they they've never heard of. So. Especially especially on a holiday, doofus is being the operative word. Yeah, yeah. doofus and galore. I would agree. Doofy? Is it doofy? <laughs> uh, I believe that's the Latin. Is that multiple doofuses? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Doofy. That's yeah. the Anglo-Saxon derivative. <laughs> it's my Christian name. That's right. <laughs> my government name. Yes. Well, uh, we're back. We're very excited and. Uh, <laughs> I think, uh, you, you know, the, the show was weekly for a while. I think we're going to uh, maybe every three weeks. It's mm. not it's not quite every week, but it's 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 not quite once a month. It's a little bit more uh, uh, frequent than that. So thanks for uh, sticking with us. And uh, it's weird. You know, 2021 and 2022 was such a bat spit crazy uh, period two years uh, of news and it feels like it's kind of it's kind of slowed down here at the beginning of 2023 which means that the world's either um going back to being a little more sane or or we're really in for it later on this year <laughs> i hope we'll you're see. wrong you know because you know my I, i'm starting to worry you know maybe it wasn't 20 maybe it wasn't 2020 was crazy maybe the 2020s are going to be crazy i remember you i yeah. remember you supporting that uh, uh, spouting that theory yeah so uh we'll enjoy the the calm before the storm here while we can um to be honest uh it, it, to me at least on my social media feeds the biggest story seems to be uh have you guys seen the, uh, the these memes of this female police officer uh, all over the place, and yeah, what's up with that? And uh, and uh, all the memes make uh, uh, make suggestions of promiscuity. Yeah. Uh, well, so I did a little research here <laughs> because uh, I promiscuity. I, well, or the lady <laughs> of the lady. Okay. You know, I hate I hate not being in on an inside joke. Yeah. And this was an inside joke that uh, the entire internet was in on, other than Uh-oh. me. Oh. So I, I guess this this was a big. This was and, and, and continues to be a big scandal um, out in the, uh, a small town, a suburb of Nashville, where uh, this woman in the memes, uh, she is Megan Hall. She is a female police officer for this police department, and um, she has been fired along with five other officers uh, because they were all getting it on. Oh, my. On the clock and off the clock. Hmm. So five officers have been fired. Three have been suspended. I, I, I guess uh, so. So there were eight people <laughs> involved in this this weird uh, police department wide uh, sexcapade here. Hmm. And Some internal affairs going on. Yeah, right. And, and affairs are the operative word because uh, she's married. A lot of these police officers are married. Oh, um, that sucks. Yeah. 
And I, I mean, look, normally in private business, if people get it on on the clock, I don't care. Do what you need to do. But I think <laughs> you really well. I, You're but, okay with people doing it on the on the company dime. As long as it's not the taxpayer dime, which I think is, which I, <laughs> I think, okay. which I think is, is is one of the big outrages here. Okay, is that uh, a lot of these um, rendezvous mm-hmm. happened off the clock, but they also happened on the clock. Right, right. And um, when they could have been uh, patrolling, right, or serving and protecting. Right. I, I mean, well, they were serving. They right. just <laughs> yes. Right. Well. And the thing, I mean, you're a police officer. You need to be ready to wow. spring into action at a moment's notice. Well, that's true. Right, not that kind of spring into action. Wow! And it really goes to show you that the, you know, these Pornhub storylines. Oh yeah. In the real world, they have real disastrous consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the right to remain aroused. <laughs> right, which it sound sounds like they did. Um, but but here's my other thing, you know, and, and this may sound like an empty point. But how come you know how come it's this woman being memed? There was there were eight other people involved in this, but but of course she's the one whose whose face is being plastered all over the internet. Uh, memes by their nature are kind of mean spirited, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I mean this woman obviously probably has an addiction. So you think the other fellows should be uh, held accountable? I think so, and and their pictures are up on the internet but they're 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 not being memes the website where you see all the police officers those those are the only how many they're file uh, photos what, what is the uh what's the breakdown of the genders of these uh well, police officers so it's eight it's eight men and this one woman <laughs> really and look the obvious, well that's obviously why she's right she's the face of this right but but you know who knows who knows if these other male police officers, if they were sleeping with other people in the department? Sure, um, there's a lot of an internal affairs, right, going on. Now it was. I pro- love saying internal affairs. And she was obviously so involved because you know females are the minority on a police force. Yeah, but if there were an equal amount of male to mm-hmm. female police officers, mm-hmm. don't you think these guys, if they had the opportunity? Uh, would be sleeping with multiple coworkers if the opportunity presented themselves. Oh yeah. Probably. And then uh, you know the other thing that kind of disturbs me a, a little bit is is one of the memes going around is is this young woman Megan Hall. She's she's in the foreground of the pi- of the picture holding like some kind of award, and then behind her are like five other police officers <laughs> at this at this at this ceremony. <laughs> And I don't think all five of those police officers were involved in in, in these escapades. Ah. Yet their faces. Oh, they're associated with the picture. Right. Oh, oh no. So, I, I, yeah, that's um, what is it's not libel or uh, slander. Maybe. What is it? There's a specific term when you use a picture like that, like below a headline or in front of a headline. Yeah, I forget. Libel what's might that. be it. There's something. But know. yeah, I mean, could you imagine? You come home from work. <laughs> It's all over the news. <laughs> your everyone at your place, uh, at your place of work, is sleeping together. Uh oh! And then these memes come out, and you're just an innocent bystander, <laughs> and your face is plastered uh, <laughs> behind all these other sex addicts. I think I'd kind of like that. Yeah. 
Well, as a single man, it might actually, you know, raise your stock. But imagine being a married guy. Any press is good press, Michael. Right. It's like, uh, honey, I'm in the meme, but I'm a victim. I'm a victim of circumstance. I'm a victim of circumstance. And then he got a snitch on the other eight people. No, it was, it was, it was, it was Tom. It was Dick. It was Harry. It was Tim. Yada yada yada. I think I would like that. Yeah. I'd just be in the background there. Right. It's. I don't need to be a prominent person right like is my face do i look guilty in the photo right yeah you just like to be included yeah yeah so anyway um of course the the internet uh we are all 12 years old on the internet and we can't uh we can't help ourselves from making memes um out of a little police sex scandal it's interesting because uh i just saw a statistic today that said uh that um a very high percentage of um, people by age 13 have been exposed to, to pornography huh. uh, online, yeah. like a high percentage, yeah. like something like 60-some percent. So, eh, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's very accessible, so not surprised that this story would take would get, have I the mean, legs that it has. Think of how easy it was to, to find that stuff when we were kids. I remember when I was eight years old. I found a Playboy. Did you? And I was the most popular kid on the block. <laughs> right. People were wondering why people were coming in and out of the house. And then my mom called all of the parents right. to Good. let them know. And most of them just laughed. That was a turning point in your in your life. <laughs> and I remember my brother saying, don't worry, Mom, I'll make sure he never gets this again. I'll take care of <laughs> right. it. And then he took the Playboy. Right. That's very, <laughs> magnan- very magnanimous of him. Right. All right, Dave, let's get into your stack of stuff. Uh, very interesting story to start out tonight. Uh, centers around DeWitt, Michigan. I don't know uh, if yes. any of you have been to DeWitt. Spent my 38th honeymoon there. But um, he, the this, this gentleman named Steve Glue. Steve Glue? G L E W. Glue. There's a Netflix documentary coming out t- tomorrow about him. And it's called Pez Outlaw. January 19th. Correct. January uh, 19th. Because we don't know what yes. time someone's listening so, to us. Yeah. So January 19th. This is uh, Pez called Pez Out- Outlaw. Like the candy? P-E-Z? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what this story, oh. this documentary is about, it's about Steve Glue, who found a way to make a lot of money selling knockoff Pez dispensers in cool. the United States that he snuck in from all over Europe. <laughs> wow. So apparently- Back in the contraband, 90s. Contraband Pez. Yeah, apparently Ooh. back in the 90s, there was Pez USA, wow. and then there was Pez International, wow. and they operated very independently of yeah. each other. Were Suddenly, they rivals? Who knew? Has a great job. Wow. So the, 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 the president, okay, <laughs> decided <laughs> what came real? in. This is a real thing. The he, president. The, the, the president cool. decided what came into the U.S. and what didn't. <laughs> and the, all the collectors in the United so wait, States wanted- Pez stuff from Europe. Right. Okay. So wait, um, is this president, is the president in charge of Pez USA or Pez International each, or both? Each one had a uh, difference. So there was a, pe- apparently from what I understand. In Europe, would it be a Pez minister? I don't yeah, know. I think so. I'm not so. sure. But what happened was, so Steve Glue, he <laughs> went right to the Pez factories overseas wow. and had them make what's known as misfits. Hmm. Essentially, knock off Pez right. by the like, millions. Like instead of Superman, it's like Special Man. Right. Instead of the Smurfs, it's the right. it's the it's the the Turfs. So he brought them back to the United States and then sold them on the black market. Wow! So there, apparently there was a black market for Pez dispensers. <laughs> all right. And how did he get away with this? 
Well, from what we understand— Because law enforcement, the only thing that's a bigger waste of time for law enforcement than uh, cracking down on black market Pez is— <laughs> It is a, a, a nine-person a nine sex group. Right. Well, Pez doesn't, doesn't verify through customs. So oh, he was a, right? So he was able to, to bring in anything, and nothing was blocked from coming in, and that's how he was getting all the Pez through. So, okay. Go ahead, Richard. A lot so, of these were European Pez. These, yeah, but they were fake. I'd like to get my hands on a Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> you know, Wouldn't right. that be cool? Oh, the and, Iron but, Lady but Pez. The, but, 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 a nice but, Boutros, uh, Boutros, Gali right. Pez. But, but Steve <laughs> says that, that, that technically the products were technically Pez because they were coming from the Pez factories ah. in Europe. So how much how much time was was this guy facing for selling um, bootleg Pez? I don't necessarily know if he's go, if he's going to face Sounds any time at chair. all. Sounds like a victimless because crime. Because from what I understand in the documentary is that <laughs> he becomes kind of like the anti-hero. He's the Robin Hood of Pez. He be, but ah. he be, people start to feel bad for him because... Because he was just doing it for to make money for his family. Mm. Well, he was a peasant, <laughs> right? Um, from president to president, you from realize, peasant to president. You realize that, um, according to uh, Jim Blaine of Heartland, Michigan, who owns the largest, who owns one of the largest Pez collections in the world, and there and times. also has been. Now, did you guys know that? Um, I didn't. He also uh, <laughs> runs one of the largest Pez conventions in the world, that which has I been taking know, place yeah. in Metro Detroit wow. since 2016. I had no of course idea. I knew that, Dave. Everybody knows that. Anyway, he Idiot. says that in the if, uh, you watch the movie, and at the end you realize it's a love story about Glue and his wife, Kathy. Yeah. And how she's portrayed in the film. She's very kind, and she says that, you know. <laughs> she's very kind. This, is about, this was about... His him just trying to bring in money for the family. I'd like to see this documentary. So I, thanks, baby, so, so for I think, holding it down on the outside while I'm serving time for bootleg pets. I don't necessarily know if he's gonna if he's in the jail or I don't know why what's yeah. going on. But I'm I'm super interested to watch this documentary that may drop uh, maybe tonight at midnight th- yeah. on the Man. 19th or maybe at some point. And what's the platform? It, it's dropping it's Netflix, on? Netflix. Netflix. And it's a doc. In the it's called it's called the Pez Outlaw. Oh man. So I, I'm, I'm thinking, you guys, uh, I I want to watch this. I, I do wanna, too. If this I mean, guy, I want to see. I do too. You know, if this guy does any time for any of this, <laughs> Give him the chair. I have no faith in our legal system. They need to fry him. You know, I, I find it. I, I saw a clip in the trailer in which a lady lady was like, "The most I've ever spent on a on one Pez uh, spent eleven thousand dollars. Eleven thousand dollars. What an ex- idiot! Excuse me, sir. I mean, what? This is the Bart Simpson with the red shirt." <laughs> Not the unlicensed blue shirt that we sell in the USA. Oh, right. that's right. You're under, right? Because remember Bart oh, Simpson? Yeah. yeah, in the merchandise, he yep. would have a blue shirt. I remember that. Like Beavis and Butthead. It was so strange. On the show, uh, Butthead had an ACDC shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beavis had Metallica. But in their merchandise, it was Skull and Death Rock. Right. So, uh, well, I wish this guy well. And yes. And it, I- sounds like, uh, it sounds like he was breaking a stupid law. Uh, to begin with. So uh, he's a folk hero as far as I'm concerned. I'd like uh, to see him get the chair or yeah. firing squad. I think that, um, you know, anybody who's a fan of collecting Pez dispensers or a fan of the candy from the 90s, I think this is a documentary for them to watch. No, this guy's got to go. I got to tell you, though. I'm sick of him. My Pez never made it to the dispenser. Or if I did, I would just eat it right away. No, yeah, right. Oh, that's Got right. It. I remember. Yeah. Anyway. You loved Pez. Yeah, Pez is nice. All right, next topic. That's me. That yes, needs- it is. Uh, so Valentine's Day is coming up. 
And I'm bringing this up early because we're not on a, a normal schedule anymore. So I don't know if we're going to be on again before uh, Valentine's Day or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a married guy. I, I like Valentine's Day. I don't know how you guys feel. Even when I was single, I didn't mind Valentine's Day because if I didn't have anyone to spend it with, at least I was, like, saving money. Yeah. And uh, and and you know what? Valentine's Day got uh, Valentine's Day is everyday guy. You can save it because because obviously that guy's never been uh, in a long term relationship. I don't know what kind of job he has, but I don't have uh, celebrate Valentine's Day every day of the year type money. Um, Me either. Yeah. But um, one of the things that I saw being heavily advertised on Facebook is uh, Eloise, the old, <sighs> the old uh, uh, insane asylum out in Westland, um, is putting on some kind of Valentine's Day um, event. And, of course, they have the haunted house out there. Ooh. And, uh, you know, I, I got to say, I'm not a big fan of taking the history of Eloise, all of the human suffering, all the atrocities that that happened in our mental health system when Eloise was uh, operational and commoditizing it and making it, it a tourist attraction. I would agree with that. I mean, if you believe in bad mojo, that's 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 a surefire way oh. to attract some bad mojo. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Cuz you've been to Salem, Massachusetts. Yes. And you've gone to those things. That's true. Is that not kind of monetizing uh those people who were killed who really weren't Witches? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it, it depends on, on, on sort of what you do. T- to me, Sa- Salem, there are a lot of tourist traps around there, uh-huh. but there's also a, a lot of history. Sure. I, I don't mind if someone wants to take a historical tour around Eloise. Okay, to learn more. To about, learn more. Yeah, yeah you, you know, there in Salem, Massachusetts, there are, there are certain... Um, kind of kitschy tourist traps but you know there's 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 also a a, a lot of history there and a lot of lessons so to for learn the sake of education yeah gotcha yeah okay. i mean look it's it, it's it it is a little recreational i mean it's not like i'm there like studying for a thesis but no, no. you know it's it's about respecting the history and i think that um making a haunted house out and, and evoking sort of the horrors of, of yesteryear, um, it, it's it's not let let those souls rest. I agree in peace. Yes. Now, what are they going to be doing at Eloise for Valentine's? That's Day? really none of our business. There's it's there's going to be. Let me see if I can. Is this find some kind it. of dinner or some kind of? It's going to uh, be very romantic. Some kind of party? Yeah. Hold on. Let me find the. Like come thing. to Eloise for a romantic dinner at the old uh, mental asylum. I'm yeah, just no re- thanks. Yeah, I'm just going to read here right from the listing on this Facebook group. Uh, Bloody Valentine's at Eloise Asylum. This is a time-ticketed experience to minimize waiting. Please arrive at your ticket time promptly. Um, Upon arrival, couples and guests can enjoy music, snacks for purchase, and character and photo experiences at our lounge. Guests will then head up to floor three, where they can take part in interactive challenges, win prizes, or maybe even explore their future with our tarot cards or fortune tellers which look if i were like a a a psychic or or like sensitive to any of that stuff i would stay far away from this place 
Um, That's how you know if they're real. Right. Upon making their way to the fourth floor, guests will have a chance to search for paranormal activity on one of those most haunted floors mm. in the building, all while using real ghost hunting equipment. That's how you get ghosts to follow you home. Oh, yeah. Finally, guests will descend a forgotten stairway to the first Ugh. floor and proceed into the award-winning Eloise Asylum Haunted Attraction, Ugh. which has been revamped for the Valentine's Day event. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it, essentially it seems like it's the haunted house with a, a few more. Am I the only one who hates who who just can't stand psychics? Um, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I, nothing I, against I literally, them. <laughs> I, like, I, I literally cannot. Do you, I, do you think they're like scamming you? Yeah, or what? Of course, yeah, it's all yeah. it's all it's all crap. I mean, literally, I worked with a bunch of these people. <laughs> I remember you telling me. Yeah, it's, about a, it. it's a joke. These guys are all they all got they all got their shtick, and it's it's I I get annoyed. I love shtick. I'm not a fan. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan of what they tell you. I'm not a fan of of There's how they. There's got to be some though that I'm not, are. Like... I'm not a fan of how they say that they get the. Everybody's got a different way that they that they talk to the, um, you know, uh, to, spirits to, to, to the spirits and how they get them to. There's got to be some that are legit though. Probably. That's no, ridiculous. I think so. Yeah, I think there. I'll never are. forget the one guy that was like that was like he would talk to you like he would see like all the people that have died yeah. that would stand behind you and tell stuff to him Whoa. about you like give me a break no you well, know, and then his voice would get real loud. Look, just no, because no. just because no one loves you enough to talk to you from beyond the grave <laughs> doesn't mean that these nice. people are fake. Dave, you suck. I love you, Dave. I talk to you from beyond the grave. I go, see, Dave, I told you these psychics were real. Remember we met that nice young lady, Michael, yeah. who uh, claimed to have psychic powers. Yeah. She had to step out several times. Right, because it was very intense. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's a I, bunch of bull. I mean, sure. There's, of course, you got oh, your Miss Cleos out there who yeah. are grifting. But charlatans. Yeah. But, you know, there's there, there's there's got to be some legit ones out there. I think there's people who are in tune with yeah. the afterlife. And the, you don't really believe in metaphysics, do you, Dave? It's, it's all a bunch of nonsense. You think it's hooey? Hoka. That's all a bunch of nonsense. Mm. All right. Well, then, Dave, uh, you go... And spend Valentine's Day by yourself at Eloise and tell us all about it. I don't it. need to go spend it now, by myself at Eloise on Valentine's Day, but thanks. Now, Eloise has been in the news because um, they just got a grant from the state of Michigan, a Brownfield grant, which means that uh, they, they've been given special funding to clean up some contamination in the soil to redevelop the site. Oh, that's good. And they're going to make it—I think they're going to keep the haunted attraction— they're going to put a hotel in there, which no way I'm staying at Eloise, and a 1920 speakeasy. Now, Ooh. now, like I said, hopefully they do this tastefully and are sensitive to the families who still live in the area who may have had some people sure. stay at Eloise. Because, you know, like up in Traverse City, they did it the right way. Traverse City, they had a, a huge abandoned asylum that stayed laid dormant for like decades and they revamped it there's like shops and restaurants in it and it's tastefully done so it can it it, it can be tastefully redeveloped but I, I don't know i i think you i think you need to leave the shtick alone and just let the souls that are there just rest in peace. Not to offend the lovely residents of Westland, but when your two big events are the stupid light fest in Eloise, <laughs> I don't know what you got wow. going on, okay? Wow, wow Dave. Uh -oh. All right. No offense. Wow. You know, it's actually I, kind of serious, Dave. Yeah, I, I hope you never find yourself 
uh, with a flat tire or needing of assistance in Westland. Next topic. I can't even look at you. Well, I got to tell you, um, who doesn't like when uh, real life imitates Hollywood? I love it. But in this next story out of (laughs) Stockholm, so Sweden's center-right coalition government, they want to cut red tape when it comes to dancing. Yes, dancing. Wow. By abolishing a decade-old requirement for restaurants, nightclubs, and other venues. Dave, you're reading the plot of Footloose. This isn't a new story. This is a new story. I know. This is hilarious. To obtain permits before they let patrons dance. Oh. Oh. So what it is, it's a proposal made. It means that, exactly. Is this the the music they're playing at Eloise in the speakeasy, isn't it? Yeah. Whoa. Yes. This is freaking me out, man. So this proposal means that the venues no longer would need a license to organize dances. Huh. Instead, as a general rule, they would only have to register with the with, with the police, which can be done verbally and does not cost anything. Right now, it costs $67 <laughs> for the establishment, <laughs> as the owners can lose their liquor license and their business's liquor license oh. if the police officers come by and find out that the venue so wait, does not have authorization oh. to let patrons dance. Oh. So, so wait a second. You can have... A liquor license yeah. to serve alcohol. Yes. A drug that impairs people's judgment and makes it dangerous for them to drive. So, right. but if they're caught dancing without the proper requirements, right? Yes. Then they get into legal trouble. Correct. Huh. Uh, what is it? Is this some kind of like, uh, some kind of like antiquated, like public decency law? It says here that uh, according to the Justice Justice Minister Gunnar Stromer, okay, he says that's that what by, I would imagine by, a justice minister's yes, in Sweden, in Sweden's yes. name to be. By removing the requirement for a dance permit, we also reduce the bureaucracy and the costs for entrepreneurs and others who organize oh, the dances. Wow! So they're trying to save these entrepreneurs the sixty-seven dollars. Ah. Wow! Welcome to the ni- Welcome to the nineteen forties. Exactly. So, so the the, the proposal is uh, <laughs> proposed to having maybe change take effect on July first, although it requires parliamentary approval. Huh. But my thing is, is is this not? You're right. This is actually the basically the the plot to footloose <laughs> it's, it's hilarious i would love to hear what i the, read this story and i was like really i'm gonna look up to see if i can find uh the theme from footloose in swedish oh i'm a double footloose <laughs> let's see footloose you know I, you know what i think of when i hear this music is um what's that the shining oh yeah 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 because they played this Whenever, yeah, well, whenever I, he walked into the bar to talk to the uh, to talk to the ghost bartender, midnight and it, they the were and they were always playing like this type of, yeah. you know, Glenn Miller, uh, oh, yeah. you know, in the mood type music. Uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out how far back this law goes. It's only a decade old law. Really? Yeah, that's what they said. What happened in 2013 that made them outlaw dancing in John Sweden? Lithgow decided that uh, <laughs> some some right. some kids got into a crash on a bridge in Sweden and there we know more da- that you'll need to get a requirement for dancing. Where where did Footloose take place? Texas? Yeah, somewhere in the south, yeah. He was exiled from Texas, went over to Sweden to impose his anti-dancing agenda. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, so uh, yeah, it's hilarious. I, I just thought to myself, it's real life imitating Hollywood. Right. It's great. Right. Great story. Hilarious. Um, so I don't know about you guys, but one of the most jarring things that can happen uh, to to you is when a change is made to your newscast. 
Like Major what? Newscast. Whatever whatever newscast you watch, you know, you watch oh, I see Channel Four at eleven. Okay, you watch yeah. Fox Two at ten. And you know, over the past year, there's been been a lot of changes. Obviously, Hewell and Monica retired. It's been a lot of change. Oh, that's what happened to them? Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of changes over at Channel Four. And uh, I got to tell you, I got to stop getting attached to weather weather people. Oh. When I when I get favorite weather people, oh. uh, they're gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Michael Estime on Fox Two, on the weekends. Yeah. Him and Charlie Langton, um, we're a great team. He got called up to the network, and uh, my and I'm in the minority here. A lot of people seem to be lukewarm on Brandon Rue, the Channel Four, um, the Channel Four meteorologist in the morning. You've always championed him. I have. Yeah, he kind of rich. He kind of reminds me uh, if you were doing the weather. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, Channel Four has been doing all these revamps over to uh, their their weather department and stuff. They brought back Kim Adams after uh, after Ben Bailey left because he didn't want to get the uh, the vaccine. The, the vaccine. And they brought back Ashley Barrissey, who started doing traffic. Wow. She went to she went to Columbus. She came back. I was happy to see see it because, um, you know, back when she was doing traffic, that's when I was working the early morning shift, so I'd watch the news every day. Ah. But it came at the expense of her mentor, Brandon Rue. Oh. And uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, well, what are you gonna? You rue the day. So, well, anytime there's a change in a newscast, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna give it six months. Oh. However, I don't watch local four news mornings every day. So I don't know if I'll ever you get... you got to give it a year. Right. I don't know if I'll ever get used to it. Oh, you're Be- in a, a conundrum there. Well, I think people pick their newscasts based on, like, what's familiar. There's, you know, a lot of terrible things that happen in the world, and you want a nice calming voice, uh, a, a recognized friend that you see all the time. Mm. You know, uh, it took me a while to make the transition from, from Huel and Monica. <laughs> Uh, to Roop and Taryn, but mm-hmm. but you know it's finally becoming familiar to me. Good. Um, and now this, and now this, this. jarring uh, can moment. I, can I please just get my bearings? Yeah. Can I please get my bearings? You're still reeling from that, right? And uh, you know the only the only transition to me that was easy to make was was Brian Williams to Lester Holt because Lester Holt had been filling in. Uh, had been filling in for a while, but I don't know if that ever happens to you guys. Anytime there's a change made to whatever newscast you watch, you automatically hate the person because 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 they're not the person that you're used to watching. <laughs> it's kind of unfair, but it's 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 a fact of life. That happens to me when when radio stations flip format. Right. I remember when a big station in this area was uh, essentially just a general talk station. Right. And not then it switched to sports. Right. And I found that pretty jarring. Yeah. And I came to like the people, though. Yeah. You know, having Dave's locally famous brother on that really kind of helped ease the transition. But, sure. uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I thought that you were going a different route with the Channel 4 weather person that. Oh, and is Paul living. Gross is, is retiring. That's who I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I know you and Brandon were. I know you yeah. you've always been tight. I mean, Paul will still. Uh, he will be uh, like weather emeritus guy. And they, and they gave him a special title. And uh, in texting with him. Uh, 
He uh, also he also oh, will a little bit of a name drop yeah, I mean, here. Well, Let me pick that name well, up. Well, I'm Dave. very good friends with him. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, that up, please. And uh, he still he still will be available for interviews. Because, oh, really? Cause he, yeah, because he's a very good he's a very good interview when we have him. Be a good get know, for this yeah. show. So, um, yeah. You know, if you want to talk, See if you can pull some strings. If you want to talk me. weather, f- fill in for one of us. If you wow. want to talk weather, um, yeah. you know, I I, I like, but, but after forty years. I like uh, doing it. It's pretty yeah. impressive, uh, you know. I, sure. I do like Paul Gross. I, I like scores. I like how he's kind of like, he's kind of not like the super polished weather nerd who's very passionate about what he does. Except the thing is, like Paul Gross, uh, he was on TV most of the time as like a fill-in. Yeah. So like it was good to see. It was good to see him when yeah. he was on. Now Brandon Rue got fired. He didn't get fired. Well, he's he essentially got fired. Uh, he's been moved to Sunday mornings. Okay. From doing every weekday morning, Got he was it. importing and... illegitimate Pez. <laughs> right. That'll, waiting that, for it to that, blow that'll, over. That'll do it for you. And I, I, for and I already know the. I already know you're thinking about bringing this. Yeah. The 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 the, the, the Pez phenomena back, Rich. So I love Pez. You know I love Pez. So you know I'll give the new crew. I'll give the new uh, crew some time, but uh, I don't know. It, one one of the hardest changes to adjust to on television, I think, is is the newscast you watch I, every I day. I find it impressive night. that you're still watching local news. I don't know a lot of people that that, that that watch a lot of local news. Most people will get their their stuff via social media or uh yeah. you know different websites. So that's impressive that you're still well, I, I you're, think, you're still giving the time to the local newscast. I think local news is probably the most objective news source we have left. And look at you watching like uh, NBC Network News with Lester oh, yeah. Holt. Uh, not a, not a David Muir fan, I take it. No, you know what? For some reason, um, I've I in my adult life, I've always been a a, a, a Fox Two at ten o'clock and Channel Four the rest of the time. All right. No, no disrespect to Seven. I just never it just never became part of my habit. You I'll know say. what crew I could never get used to? Who's that? The two live crew. <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the new class. Oh, okay, yeah. no right. thanks. With Mike yes. Golick's brother. No thanks. Uh, Screech was still around yeah. because. A Screech R.I.P. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah Screech, right. well, Belding made sense. He was the principal, but mm-hmm. Screech was still hanging around. Yeah, yeah. The, news cla- the new class was a money grab. It was lame, man. No thanks. It was hella lame. Yeah, man. Next topic, Dave. All right, uh. This is an interesting story out of Columbia, well, South so. Carolina. Uh, some of the more powerful lawmakers in South Carolina are backing a proposal to allow officers to pull over people who drive too slow in the left lane of major roads. Good. So if you're driving too slow, you may get pulled over, and they're calling it obstruction the- of traffic. They're calling it the the, the, the slow poker, the slow poke rule, <laughs> yeah. or the slow poke uh, law. Mm. And I mean that can I mean that can be dangerous too, just as dangerous as speeding. Oh yeah. right. And it says here that uh, traffic is uh, impeded by those that linger in the left lane. So there, the house version would have to, a fine of two hundred dollars, and it would add two points to an offender's driver's license. The same penalty for speeding less than ten mile an hour yeah, over the speed limit. That's pretty harsh, I gotta say. Yeah, I think so. Well, it, and it's only the left lane. So if you're doing this the right lane, knock yourself out. Okay, right. Because that's what I do. I, I gotta, I, I gotta say, I am one of these drivers people hate in the snow. I don't care if you're behind me. And you are just pissed off at me. 
if I feel like if I feel like I have to go 15 under the speed limit in the right lane during an ice storm, I'm going to do that. Because you, you don't have those headlights. I'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> you don't have headlights. I've got multiple issues. I'll, but never, that's I'll, one never, of them. I'll never forget one night I was driving home in the Livonia area mm. from a poker game. Mm. DWD and, driving while Dave. Uh, that's right. I got pulled over on eight mile between Farmington and uh, Middle Belt. Very Dave, specific. Have you ever driven through a red light? And <laughs> <laughs> where'd you get that from? The, pl- the the officer who pulled you over. Anyway, His body cam footage. Anyway, Have you ever driven through a red light? Uh, I got pulled over by a female officer. So oh. glad I got to use that. A very attractive female officer, I might right. add. Was it the pu- one from Tennessee? She, she pulled me over for driving too slow and then called another cop. And I had to, for backup. Oh, they, always, as she, as they she, usually do call yeah, for backup yeah, for speeding, just she, in case no, you're... No, not speeding, driving too slow. Too slow. For, and, for traffic yes. stops. And then, for traffic and then, stops, and then they proceeded do. to search my car oh yeah. my while, while I had to stand with the other cop Are by that car. Me? They yeah. probably thought you were on the wacky tobacco. Well, it was something, but it was, you know, it was like 2.30 in the morning. Right. And so... It was probably being they they let me go with nothing with, with they they let me go with with no ticket or anything and they just said you know <laughs> dr- you know we drive the speed limit you know you don't have to right. you, don't, you don't have to drive slow because you got she said over for going too slow yeah because she said Sir, that we're not she, going to arrest you because we said, pity you too much she said that she said that what it happened uh, I look I made myself look. Like I was trying to hide something, right? Like by you were slow. Dr- like you were drunk and you're oh. driving like I was, slow. Like I was driving slow when I right. saw her pull behind me. Full oh. cavity search. By the way, I feel like a lot of people are driving just fine until they see a police car behind them and oh, following yeah. them, yeah. and then they get nervous and they end up, right. you know, breaking well, they, a traffic Well, well law. they say that you're you're not supposed to like when you're driving, you're not supposed to slam on the brakes. You're supposed yeah. to just like kind of just take off, the, you know, just take come to a, a natural, you know. Uh, Slow, slower pace. Dave, but. have you ever driven through a red light? Have you guys ever had to take a breath? Of course. Have you guys ever had to take a breathalyzer? Yes, I have had to take a breathalyzer. Really? Yes. I'll, huh. uh, that was another great story. Um, You're full of them. It was um, full of something. It, we were back. Uh, this was back in the days of, uh, if you remember, the Have a Nice Day Cafe, Tiki Bob's and Pontiac oh, type yeah. clubs. That yeah, I David was the, just done body shots was, off of three interns. I was, uh, I was, I was uh, the uh, designated driver. Oh. For my friend, my brother and his two friends, and we were driving, driving my brother's car. We, I got pulled over because his uh, his turn signal didn't work. Orchard Lake Road, right in front of Uh-oh. West Bloomfield High School, and the, the, the thank you for all these details. The, the, the officer p- takes me out of the car and said, you know, makes me recite the the alphabet forwards and backwards. Reciting I, the alphabet backwards when you're sober is tough. You I know, can't do right, that. You know? I can't right. do it sober. Then he says to me. Then he was being he was not being very nice. Oh. He had me walk the line and then oh. he says you take a breathalyzer test. So I said okay, so I took the breathalyzer and I had Poor not had Dave. anything to drink. Poor Dave. Uh, it came zero. Then he was very nice. He's like okay, get your get your uh, friends back home safe. I got in the car. They're cracking up. <laughs> they think it's the funniest thing ever. And they're like, "All right. Time to go to Ramshorn." And they wanted to go to Ramshorn. You know, like where this right, right 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 after Right after we just got, but after we, I just got to go through all this whole thing. Oh my gosh! So then we had to take him to, I had to take him to Ramshorn so they could get some food. And but it was, um, it was interesting uh, how nice the cop became after. Yeah, he saw that you were that I was sober and, and responsible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right, Dave. That was a great story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see how we could top that. So let's just wrap it up. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in three to four weeks. Bye. Bye. Dave, have you ever driven through?